this is Slashers, your new favorite podcast about your new favorite horror media. My name is Jake, and with me as always in one case, and for the first time beyond a Patreon bonus episode, is my esteemed colleague, co-host, and cohorts, Adrian and Coker, respectively. Say hello to the mutant goons from beyond. Hello, mutant goons. Happy to be back. Hey, guys. Hope you're enjoying our Thanksgiving month, and I hope you're enjoying my fun little commercials. They're, they're sounding great, and that belch gets grosser every time, which really I appreciate. I was listening to the Preview the Stuff podcast uh, last night at work, and that belch, I felt that in my guts. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's worse than I remembered. You could hear the flapping of like mucusy, like acid bubbles popping and plapping against an esophageal. Yeah, there's, there's so, yeah. liquid involved, and it's like, oh, you know. <laughs> well, of course, Jake picked it out. So, yeah, I just gave final approval. I think it. you're the one who picked it out. <laughs> I, I think that if we look on your hard drive, we'll find a bunch of flatulence and burpulence all over the There'll place. Be gross humor. To be honest with you, the first time I did an episode, I was like, I can't make the fart noise. So I was like, Dan, how do I get a sound bite <laughs> and make the fart noise so I don't have to make it? <laughs> Man. That takes me back. I don't know the last time we mouse farted at the end of the episode, but I think we're bringing it back. That's what we're saying. I'm not doing it. I'll get a sound bite for that. It's okay. So now I know how to do it. Here's a great thing. My son, he's way too little to like use full verbalization, right? Uh, he, he has a few words, but when he wants me to armpit fart, he just like points at me and does like a one arm chicken dance. And he thinks that's the funniest <laughs> thing in the world. So maybe I'll try and uh, unbutton this blouse and get an armpit fart going for you guys. Kids don't have toilet humor Aww. nowadays. Sucks. No, my kids are all about the doo-doo caca humor, and it's hilarious because it's like... Where do they get it? That's not on kids' TV nowadays. Maybe I'm an old man going, what the hell are these kids watching? You know. No, you're totally right. obviously from Jake. Like, I mean, there's a little bit of flatulent humor and stuff like Bluey, but not much. But like, legitimately, it's just like the intrinsic nature of man is that farts are funny and girls need to get the fuck over it, Adrian. (laughs) You know how women be. Women be all like... Uh, but then they secretly be farting. It's not the fart noise. It's the fact. It's like how my face looks making it. Oh, that's why I don't like. That's the predominant concern. Exactly. That's very funny. I wish you would have told me that back then. I thought you were being prissy. I was like, how this chick just watched somebody disemboweled in the desert getting covered because in the first episode a lady covers herself in shit and you wouldn't do a mouth fart sound. I realize now <laughs> this is a very just evil ruse. <laughs> I'm sorry. I should have turned my camera off. Oh, well, but it was late. All right. I'm springing something on you guys. We're talking about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, too. And I feel like a lot of our conversation is going to be very esoteric to be theoretical, you know, and talking about like the substance of what makes a good sequel. So I had an idea. Let's do the dumbest shit trivia quiz I could find on Google. And we'll see how we collectively do. Does okay, that sound like I wasn't fun? Ready for this? All right. Yeah, let's do it. Exactly. But it, these are stupid. Uh, uh, yeah. It's going to be rad. The first question: What is the name of the young disc jockey who turns out to be the hero in this film? And then there's a hint: something you do when you wake up. <laughs> to make Stretch. it better, the first choice <laughs> of the next multiple choice is this person's name: Stretch Block. And we'll do it. Hey, we got it right. Next one. Whom does Chop Top injure very badly at the K-O-K-L-A radio station with a hammer? This is like when you went to the movie theater as a kid and they had those like really dumb fucking tr- movie trivia questions right before they played yes. the trailer. This is this is what that is, but Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 version. 
Oh yeah, and this is where the the, the bro who has like the tank top on the sides, where it's so cut, you're just like you see side movements, like bro, bro, stances, bro. <laughs> My God. The question's like, what what Indians dancing oh. with canines is wolves? Yeah. So um, we're going to go with LG. LG McPeters. Next Yay. one. What contest does Drayton Sawyer win? A butchering contest, a chili cook-off, a chainsaw making contest, or a gambling contest? We already know the answer, so let's move on. Where is K-O-K-L-A Stretch's radio station located? Again, another one saying the answer to the first person. <laughs> God damn it. This is I think it's in Texas, I want to say. Is it Whiteville, North Carolina, <laughs> Dallas, Texas, Burke Burnett, Texas, or Tulsa, Oklahoma? Dallas, Texas. That's it's Dallas, such a, it's it? such a Dallas it? movie. It really is such a it's, – it's so outside of the typical royale of the first movie. I, it's awesome. It's actually Burke Burnett, but I think that the fact that they listed Oklahoma is very clever because I remember as a kid being like, OKLA, like, is this supposed to be Oklahoma? Like, this is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Get you Sooners out of here. Sooners are Oklahomans, right? I don't know. All I can hear is JR from Pro Wrestling being like, bah, bah, bah. Uh, anyway, next question. Why doesn't Leatherface try to kill Stretch? This is a subjective one. He oh. has a big crush on her. Again, big is a relative one. That's a subjective term. He is scared yeah. of her. He hates her. His family tells him not to. I think he's in love. Well, I don't know. I think he has a soft spot for her. Remember, we talked about this in the other episode, and this is why I always feel bad for Leatherface, because I feel like he's he's like a big teddy bear. No? You know what's funny is both Toby Hooper movies have moments that really humanize Leatherface, and none of the other sequels do that. Yeah, every other one, he's this Herculean monster man. He, yeah, he's this Herculean monster man. And I'm like, can we fucking get a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie that humanizes Leatherface and makes it some type of a fucked up comedy? Like, come on. We always got to go the ultra disturbing route with the sequels. We talked about this when it came to Silence of the Lambs, where we're talking about like the, the demonification of anybody who's transgender, <laughs> gender fluid. That's a huge element of the first one. The three masks that he yep. wears are all female. It's very closely tied to Ed Gein. You know, so when it comes to and also stitching together the clothes, I mean, it's very domesticated in his presentation. This one a lot less so. But I think that's something, again, I would also really think would be really well explored. And I'm not very optimistic about Foot Fetish Alvarez. What, how do I pronounce his first name? Ed? Fede. Oh. Anyway. It's Fede. And... Ja- Isn't that Jake a type of Aaron. hairstyle that I did for a long time? Was my hairstyle faded? Well, okay, Jake. Next question. How does the Sawyer's torture stretch at the dinner table? By making her lean over a bucket and hit her in the head with a hammer? By making her wear Leatherface's mask? By making her eat rotten human flesh? By cutting her hand and arms with a sharp razor? At the dinner scene? Mm-hmm. No, no, that was before the mask on the her. dinner scene. They try to have grandpa have a whack at her again, and it doesn't work out. Exactly. Is a very it's that is the most overt okay. reference. The first one. I, I remember being a kid and being like, is this allowed? Like, it's just the same same movie. But, uh, you know, life goes on. It's that family's tradition. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's, it's like, oh, who's going to break the wishbone over this lady's head into a bucket? Yeah, and that's the brilliance of Toby Hooper movies. Watch closely. There's always a little bit of a moment of like a fucked up Americana family in every one of his films. 
Oh yeah. Well, especially poltergeist. There's a lot oh, of yeah. stuff. Especially like poltergeist aged really fucking well. Funhouse too. Funhouse is a big skewering of America of American culture. Especially the front page of Pornhub these days, am I right? With the Woo. motherfucking uh, what does Leatherface place on Stretch's head in the meat room? You already said it. This is the, probably the most ripped off thing that Rob Zombie does in Devil's Rejects is LG McPeter's skinned off face. How old is Grandpa in the film? A hundred, a hundred thirty seven, two fifty, hundred ten. Hundred and thirty seven. Sounds like a good number, right? And let's check hundred and thirty seven years old. So if this film. What year did this movie come out? I have it in my notes right here. 86. So we'll put in 1986 minus 137, which means that he was born in 1849. There's your history lesson for today. We're circling the drain here, guys. Two more questions. Where is the Sawyer's home located? Texas Battleland Amusement Park in Dallas underground. A trailer in the desert. An isolated farmhouse in the woods. Nowhere. They just travel from place to place. It's in the amusement park, isn't it? Correct. Well, you know what's so fucking cool about the sequel? It is the only Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie to not deal with a farmhouse. Oh yeah, I, I mean, this it sticks out in every which way, and it's mm-hmm. if it's so in indistinguishable. No, it's so distinguishably a canon film oh, in terms of its opulence, where you're just like, this is a grand set piece. That has no purpose. The set design, everything. It's like nowhere near the original film had this much of a grand set design, too. And this is the dumbest question on the list. <laughs> God damn it. Where is the metal plate on Shop Top located? On his head, <laughs> on his back, his thigh, his hand. It's almost like there's a hint in his name. It's on his penis. <laughs> well, it is on his well, head. Well, he's... <laughs> exactly. This kid, like, I love the idea that he like was unwillingly uh, circumcised as a kid, so he just like fused a metal cap to his little little pecker. But yes, that was a a ten out of ten. We win. Suck it. Whatever website it was that I did that quiz off of, because I've already closed the tab. Now it seems like we're all fans of this film. Can we give like a brief stroke about like what we like about it most? Coker, I think you're chomping at the bit for this one. I don't want to take up too much time, guys. This is a wildly subversive sequel from the original film. It's almost as if Hooper took every element of the original film and purposely went in the opposite direction. And it works. Instead of a brutal, grisly, nihilistic slasher from from the 70s where hippies are getting chopped up, you're having a, like, critique, making fun of Texas culture, 80s gore fest satire and it really throws you off guard but then when you think about it more you're like fuck that's that was kind of a really fun zany fucking horror sequel that's awesome also one of the very few slasher films technically slasher films to have the final girl throw off the slasher by using her sexuality and confusing him where he's just like he's just like wait wait what what's going on and she's like how good are you and my wife watched that scene with me and she was all like she was screaming don't let him start that chainsaw where he has it so there's this uncomfortable she said she said i've never seen that in a slasher movie before and i'm like fucking right this thing is wild. This movie yeah. is absolutely wild, and I hate to say it, but none of the other sequels do it for me. None of them. It's only the the original film and this one. It's only the Toby Hooper ones that do it for me. And I thought, why? I think it's because Hoop the both Hooper's films 
really dive into something about the American zeitgeist and something about the American culture. Yeah. They're both nihilistic comments, but also satires with grisly humor in a way. None of the other sequels do that. They either try to make it polished or they try to make it disturbing or they try to make it glossy, pretending to be disturbing. It's like, fuck off with that. And plus, as we said before, Leatherface has moments of humanization in both Toby Hooper movies. None of that shit. None of that shit in the other sequels. None of that shit. So I'm like, sadly, I I don't think we're ever going to get another Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie with the strong social comment, satire, grisly humor of the Hooper ones, sadly. I think that's a really interesting point because I wonder, like, not to say that our nation is divided or whatever fucking rhetoric people want to espouse nowadays, but truly to a certain point, like, how do you have like a rebellious countermeasure that's as succinct as these two films are? You have modernization, industrialization in the first one. In the second one, you have kind of the opulence and fast living of the 80s. And so those it's a very clear linear path. And I feel like with how like staunchly divided we are uh, in terms of like, who do you make fun of? Who is the, vi- you know what I mean? It's not as easy, I think, in this, unless it's just basically like, hey, the internet's stupid, right? Yeah. That's another brilliant thing is about both Hooper movies is like, if you want to show a kid what 70s horror is and show them Texas Chainsaw. And then if you want to say now you can see how that changed radically in the eighties, just show them Texas Chainsaw too. Yeah. They're so defining of everything about each of their decades. Aid, what do you got to say about Texas Chainsaw 2? Why do you like it? It's a lot more fun than the other one, obviously, but I, there's also times where it's hilarious. And I don't think that the first one is in is in your face funny i mean there are parts where you laugh and you probably shouldn't probably dan thinks i'm like a psychopath but as far as this, that's another thing i think that rob zombie sort of kind of takes that away in some of his movies because part two is a lot like that so i think that it by watching it i think it's a little bit more fast-paced i think you can get there it's longer it's 101 minutes and i'm a little sad that we didn't get some of the deleted parts that i just kept reading about last night yeah Oh, yeah. Yeah. The deleted scenes are fun. They had a lot more Savini gore effects, too. And yeah, Joe yeah. Bob, the patron saint of this show itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he that his scene was cut, wasn't it? Yep. So, you know, it, what are you going to do? But I, I get it. They had to, to make up for time. But it's just it's a lot more fun. I really do like the heroine in this one. I like Stretch. She's hilarious, especially the first time she starts screaming. Like, I just start laughing. Like, I don't think it, I'm like, and when the first time I saw this, I'm like, is this supposed to be funny? Like, yeah. I, didn't realize, I didn't realize it was supposed to be funny because I, I just watched this one probably about 10 years ago. So I didn't grow up with this one the way I grew up with the old gotcha. one. Because it's not, it's not on anything. And yeah, uh, it's still uh, not streaming anywhere without like a oh, star yeah. subscription or some bullshit. Epics bullshit. Yeah, I said, the what fuck the fuck? Sadly, yeah, you got you got to seek out the old DVDs or the Blu-rays, which I think, sadly, the Blu-rays are out of print. So, guys, if you have your old DVDs, hold on to them. Well, it, when I, I know that I watched it um, not too long ago, like a couple of weeks ago, and it was on Tubi or Prime. I can't remember. So it was on something. I think it was I Tubi. Streamed it. But Tubi is usually I Prime as well. But I know I watched it recently on Tubi, so. Yeah, so I watched recently on something, so it was on, which is why I was surprised last night because I wanted to look at it again. So I just, you know, I did my special thing I do to, <laughs> to watch. <Yeah>. <laughs> I 
to you know to watch it again, just kind of be fresh in my mind. Don't worry, Toby doesn't get any of the money, so you're fine. You can buy her as much as you want. It's it. I, sh- I didn't do that. I have a VPN. Leave me alone. Oh. Anyways. Oh, then it's all okay. Where did you say you were? For that reason, alone. exactly. <laughs> I have it. I, I mark it off as a business because I'm like, oh yes, it's, it's security. And meanwhile, I'm like, hey, I'm watching Australian Lego Masters because Hamish Blake is fucking adorable. Hell yeah, brick man. Uh, so. Uh, so what I like about this movie is this is like proto Gremlins to the new yeah. batch, like that sardonic nature, the turning it on its head. It's very tongue in cheek, but also it, it knows what it is. It has to hit those marks. Like we kind of talked down about her getting hit over the head in the bucket, but you have to have it kind of talked down about some of these elements and in, in the, you know, I guess. Uh, blandification of Leatherface to a certain extent, but you kind of need it to propel because you've expanded the other family members so much, right? So I totally get it. What I always compare this movie to, though, is not Gremlins 2, The New Batch. I think this is like a forerunner to that. What I compare this film to is Psycho 3, which was directed by Anthony Perkins and came out just a couple months before this. And a lot of people forget the, the sequels to Psycho are delightful. Psycho 2 is a really good one. And then three does to one what this one does to the original Texas Chainsaw. Oh, absolutely. Right? Psycho three is wild. Psycho three is like, yeah. Psycho three is like if Anthony Perkins, who Anthony Perkins even directed Psycho three. Psycho three is yep. like, imagine if Dario Argento was like, kind of <laughs> yeah. like kissing the back of Anthony Perkins' neck, telling him, put those colored lights there. Mm. <laughs> Sm- so smoke. green gels are uh, everywhere in this fucking smoke, movie. Smoke this line of cocaine with me, Anthony Perkins. And then while they're <laughs> doing that, they're kind of like directing a Psycho sequel, and that is Psycho 3. Yeah. Do you have any strong opinions on Psycho 3, the third inning? They're fine. They're not my favorite. I mean, I don't think it's bad. I actually watched fine. it not too long ago. They're, they're fine. Fine. The, the, the proto know. slasher, you know, I don't want to yeah. I don't want to sound all gatekeepy. Sorry, Adrian, you know. No, I do. I like the first psycho. I just think that the other one, well, yeah, and that's another thing too because when I Or that little doggy. There we go. Sorry. I'm just giving Dude, her the eye. She just um, gave her the I'm going to throw a chunk at your face stare. So um, I'm gonna call Peta no. if you hit that dog with a chancla. I'm not hitting her with a chancla. Even I if it's a chanclita, it. which is a little chancla. You know what? You know what? I know. I'm side, you know what sucks about Psycho is you don't see Norman Bates or Psycho imagery anywhere online anymore. Nah, not, not really. It's like when, that Bates Motel shit comes up all the time. Yeah, like, I'm not yeah, watching and that. Then when there's artwork or like photos of all the famous slashers, Norman Bates is never there, and it's like, fuck. I think he's just too old, sadly. Because he's like he's like a nerd. Like nobody cares about Norman Bates. Like that come is on. a very that's, hurtful oh, thing to that's, say. That's the meanest <laughs> thing I've ever heard about a fictional character. I'm sorry. You want to tell me that Leatherface wouldn't be like cross stitching a, a pattern that he found on Etsy if he wasn't murdering people? Yeah, but oh, I have yeah. more like I have more empathy for Leatherface than I do for Norman Bates. He's just a creep. He's a voyeur. I hate in, that. In it's your icky. defense, Adrian. Norman Bates screamed. I, I hate saying this. Sorry, psycho fans. Norman Bates kind of screams, quiet, nice guy who's a major fucking incel underneath it all. Yeah, dude. That's Norman. The and closet that's, incel. Yeah. And that's why a lot of women see Norman Bates and go, ooh, uh, bringing back a lot of memories, exactly. bringing back a lot of bad yeah. memories of, of terrible dudes. That's one of the reasons I find him You're effective. You're making me feel real. badly. Uh, he is. Yeah. <laughs> You're making me feel badly about that. Yeah. He's very real. Yeah, but. He, but 
I think it, it helps too with with other slashers because they all have some sort of facade. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess with Norma dressing like Mama as a, a facade as an, in and of its own, but you never really. It doesn't matter. We're not talking about. Yeah, we really like the it's a question of who is the real Norman. <laughs> is it Norman in the Mama outfit? Or Norma, the taxidermist, which is the the real <laughs> essence of he. But that's not the movie we're talking about. We're talking about Texas Chainsaw 2. And like Psycho and 3, a, it's a wild subversion. Exactly. But I think we can all agree. Like I said, it, it knows what it is. It's kind of pulling it back. It's reining it in to a certain extent, giving you those high notes. Um, and both very largely reviled at the time they came out. Kind of any sequel that ever does this doesn't do well. Still a profitable movie, uh, not that great. In terms of marketing, can we all agree on recorded film, MP3, whatever? This is the best horror poster that's ever existed. The parody of The Breakfast Club. Yeah. Yeah. It's my favorite one. That's like one of my favorite, you know, regular movies, right? And then to like pair them up and the minute you see that, you know automatically that that is the, yeah. you know, a parody the, of The Breakfast the Club. The poster so lets sweet. you know, this is going to be a satire of some kind, guys. This is going to be fun if they're doing that, you know? Yeah, I mean, fuck, dude. Like, people who get like, oh, holier than thou, as though this movie somehow cheapens the first one. No, that's not what it is. It's a different, like, imagine if I asked you, Coker, to go back and recreate art that you did 10 years ago. You're not the same no, fucking dude. No, at so, like, all. Toby Hooper smokes some more weed. He found Oingo Boingo. Get oh, the fuck over oh, it. The, use of Oing- the whole soundtrack to this movie is wild, too. Oh, Bitchy. man. That opening yeah. scene on the bridge, which is somehow the longest fucking bridge ever. <laughs> that opening, that opening yeah, right. scene on the bridge where you think it's a zombie or a ghoul coming out of the, and the Oingo Boingo's one. It's like right from that opening scene, it's letting you know, do not expect the first fucking movie. And it's crazy to think that Stuart Copeland is on this soundtrack, who also famously of the police and did the music for Spyro the Dragon. Wow. I did not know that. <laughs> that is a, a wide dearth. So, Aid, what do you think of the music in this film? Are you a The Cramps fan? Are you a Concrete Blondie fan? Boingo Boingo? Everybody. <laughs> that's a spoken for. You don't have. Everybody's a fan of Boingo Boingo, and anybody who isn't is lying. Maybe that Travis what? Scott guy's not, but fuck him anyway. Yeah. Oh, my God. Let's not talk about that, please. The, the music in it is, I think, is... I think helps drive the, the tone of the movie, obviously. So, I think that it's important that it's there. I don't really think we have that as you know in your face as well maybe in the first one i don't know i'm just trying to think for me the music it's it's it has to make you remember the movie right uh-huh. so like when you hear it you're like oh okay i feel that you know so i i think that yeah i think that it does what it's set out to do i don't know if it's like the, my favorite thing oh my god i gotta hear the music so i'm not as musically inclined as you are jake i'm sorry well it's not even just that the like one of the things i think is even better about this is that these aren't necessarily like singles a lot of these songs are arguably like b-side kind of stuff Mm -hmm. it just fits well and i think it's like you know we were talking about antagonistically contrary to the first one the first one is very famous for a lack of music a lack of sound Mm -hmm. a lack i mean yeah, you right. hear a little bit of banjo music in the background, like real hippie style banjo music, which sets the tone for that movie. But yeah. this is a different movie. It's very Korean almost. I mean, if you watch some like Korean horror, there's like a fuck. There's no sound until there's every sound. Yeah, that's something I really am super into. It's like it's kind of jump scary, but a little bit you know more artful, I guess. Not to get too woo woo. Pretty much, you know? I saw the devil. Like what yeah. I saw the devil does. Yeah, all the time. Exactly. 
So moving on to another point, who's got the next point? Because I could go on and on for days. Guys, this is a fucking awesome sequel. Yeah. Yeah. When you think about this movie and you think about all of the the crazy things happening, there's a lot of movies that reference this one, other movies that reference this one. And even when I was a kid, I knew that this movie had a lot more gore. And I was almost disappointed when I first watched the first Chainsaw Massacre because I thought that was the first one. I can't remember who's watching it. It's a Tom Hanks movie from like the early 90s. And he's watching the burbs. Do you know what I'm talking? Is the burbs? Yeah, he's watching this fucking movie and the burbs. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's like Oscar. Because, you know, I love the I love the burbs. Oh, my God. We should do the burbs. Have we done the burbs? burbs. I, I won't hold back on the burbs. I'm not a fan of that ending. Ooh, oh my I'm God. not, a, I'm not <gasps> oh. a fan of that ending. So that's a whole other like debate episode in the future, guys. So maybe we could do a whole movie of like ending or a whole movie, a whole episode, because this is not cinema uh, of endings. We're not particularly fond of like the number 23. Not a fan of that ending. I, I like that he is basically atoning for his sins, but it's kind of bland, like visiting day at the sanitarium. That movie was Joel Schumacher holding back. And we've seen Joel. Yeah. We've seen Joel Schumacher just explode onto the scene with Batman Forever. Lost I want Boys. bat nipples. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, Adrian, <laughs> what were you back on? Oh, I don't even remember. We're about the gore, the glamour, oh. the glitz. Yeah. So, I mean, other movies reference it because it is a lot more in your face than the other one. And I, and I don't know if it's necessarily think that that makes it better. I just think if you're if you're less inclined to pay attention, like if you if you're a person who will pick up your phone every two seconds, the second one's definitely going to hold your attention better. And it's more colorful. And there's more gore, and it's just I love. Can we just talk about Bill Mosley? Because I'm so in love with him. Oh, that's oh actually God. the point of contention we have. Because <laughs> I'm still not entirely sure that I hate him in this movie for the right reasons. I don't. I don't believe he's rendering his a great performance. I think that he is annoying as an actor and a character in this, even though this is his favorite film character. He's ever played. I will agree with you, Jake, to be honest. I always found, I always found chopped up to be the Harley Quinn of horror. Like you can only, you can Ooh. only take him in bite sized bits because if you take him too long, he just fucking annoying like Harley Quinn. That's really good. Chopped dude. Up, that chopped up as a Harley Quinn of Deadpool horror. energy. Yes, absolutely. It's like, okay. Yep. It's like eating really over frosted cake. And you're like, you know, that's what it is. That's what Chop Top is. Yeah. You know, I can I can totally agree with that, Jake. Because by the time he's like with the lighter going burner like a rat, I'm like, all right, calm the fuck down, dude. All right. That also my one of the things I, I get frustrated with with this film. I don't know if it's performance or if it's the underlying substance. Can we talk briefly about the writing of the by, film? Uh, what um, LM so, yes. Carson was that who wrote it? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Who did like fucking yeah, nothing? And he just breathless Paris, Texas, five episodes. Oh no, one episode of the Miami Vice t- TV show. Like we're not talking about a prolific writer. No, here. yet he wrote such a almost borderline brilliant script that was a big comment on just Texas culture with this. And I'm like, fuck, dude, if you had that much talent, why didn't you write more? Well, and it's also it's weird because I don't know if the underlying script itself is that good or if it's the delivery of the script that makes it that good. Because think about this scenario, the scene with the chili cook off in and of itself is conceptually quite trite. But when it's delivered, 
Jim Seedow does a fucking great job of being this like yep. Jim Jones motherfucker who's like two faced and gross. And so I got to bring it back to uh, Doug here. I'm surprised we have not talked about Doug on this podcast. Doug fucking loves this movie, too. He quotes it more than me. Also, Doug would always take that scene and say hard shell peppercorns, you know, also the most <laughs> quotable of all the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies. Yeah, agreed. And it is, mm-hmm. it, but also, is it because the underlying line itself is great? Or is it because it is delivered well? And that's one of the things why I think that I might be overly critical of Bill Mosley in this scenario is because a lot of his his <laughs> his beavisness, if you will, might be that he just doesn't have shit to say. And he might just be kind of chewing the scenery a little bit too much. But if he had more substance there, I might not find him so obnoxious. Am I right or wrong, Adrian? I think, well... <laughs> I get where you're coming from, but I disagree because I feel that he obviously has a brain injury, so he's not going to be or play a character who can, you know, oh, recite. This motherfucker just called me ableist. The fucking pr- <laughs> Guys, we are at that <laughs> point of the podcast. So. Oh, my God. Okay. Anyway, like I was saying, I just feel that. I think he I, he's more ableist because that's what he thinks people with brain injuries <laughs> behave like. I have no idea. He actually modeled just, this. Oh, no, that was Edwin. Sorry. Well, I, OK, so Bill Mosley, though, I mean, even his Instagram handle is Chop Top Mosley. Yep. I mean, he he does love this character. And I don't know if if maybe he wasn't like this wasn't his best before. I when you see him. I just think, like, when he's scratching, and I always say this, when he's scratching his, uh, his thing the with the coat out. hanger. Oh, it's so purposely gross. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Like, he's just, he's a very animated character, very much like the Hitchhiker in part one. And I I like that, that they have a character in this like this, because, you know, we can't just have Leatherface. I think a lot of issues come, not even so much as part I guess with the remake, if we're going to talk about the remake or even that shitty 3D one, on Leatherface, like they're yeah, trying to just focus all this stuff Toby on Leatherface. Movies, yeah. There is kind of a side slasher. The first one had the Hitchhiker. This one has Chopped Up. All the yeah, you're right, Adrian. All the other sequels, yeah, the non-Toby Hooper sequels. All the other family members are really fucking boring and dull. Yeah, just just kind yeah. of shitty people. It almost yeah. acts like a herald of Galactus almost, yeah. right? Where it's like Except for I gotta give a little bit of credit to Kim Henkel for trying to do that, bring that back with next generation with Matthew McConaughey. Oh, yeah. I'll give it Matt that. It was, was an attempt. He was really I, I it was an attempt to bring I, that back. But that that one actually I do like. And mm-hmm. and we've talked part three is probably my yeah, we talked about this. Part three is my least favorite. I do it's like the most milk the, toast. It's just like a movie. I will, although I will admit, it's there. the VHS cover was fucking scary. The one with the uh, Saw's, Saw's family. family and like the red and purple light and just the hollow of the mask. It was pretty like, mm-hmm. you know. I'll give it that. That's pretty yeah. good. The next generation it, poster is kind of yeah. shit ass. It is. But then you see Texas. I think it's just the name is just so visceral, right? So you're like, ooh, someone's going to get sliced up with a chainsaw. I can't wait. So, you know, when it doesn't happen, which the next generation, I think we talked about this. It doesn't kill in that entire film. When it doesn't happen, I think it's like not post nut clarity. What would you say? Like blue balls. Blue balls. <laughs> yep. Okay. Blue balls. I don't Absolutely have a penis. I wouldn't know. So, I'm okay. blue and deep inside of my balls, and I'm blue in my balls, and I. 
What? Is that what he Mo- says in that song? No. Millennial, <laughs> millennial song sucks. Millennial I actually song. watched a full documentary on that song. It's fucking hilarious. Those guys like hated each other. Oh, it's so good. It's on Vice. Oh, it's great. Oh, I can't wait. All right. Yeah. He's, he's like literally, he's like, I've had people come up to me because apparently he wrote like lyrics that had emotion and then wrote the Indaban Dion of that. And so the, the, as they were going through it, they're like, no, no, fuck your emotional shit. We'll just do this. And so he's had people come up to him and he like he had he talks about this one interaction with like the utmost disdain where he says that somebody comes up to him, he's like, Hey bro, do you really say I'm blue and if I was green, I would die? He goes, What the fuck? No, that's not what I said. It's just like so you're upset that somebody misinterpreted your essentially scatting. Cool, man. Cool, cool. I'm I'm really surprised you don't have more number one singles. Oh, <laughs> Um, guys, I, something I wanted to bring back for Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 is obviously the film is a big satire and critique of Texas culture. There's a scene in this movie. I want you to hear your guys' interpretations. When Lefty goes to get the chainsaws from the old man, he yeah. drives into the thing and there's this random marching band to the left of the corner going down the street, which is really fucking surreal when you think about it. Like, what the hell's up with that? But remember, he buys the chainsaws, and he's all like, the old man's just like, you can go test it out on the log outside. And he's testing it out, and they're playing that music, and they're doing the zoom-up, and the old man's practically getting a fucking boner. Like, if you listen yes. closely, he actually says, oh, my and banana. And it's like, <sighs> that whole creepy-ass scene, which honestly is like, A24 probably takes some cues from just that, <laughs> just that scene. Just that scene is so fucking A24 looks at that scene and yeah. goes, hmm, Hooper, you know. But what's your interpretation of that really A24 moment of the movie? The A24 thing checks out because I saw Green Knight and when he gets like disappointingly jacked mm-hmm. off. Yeah, that, that checks out. Adrian, what do you got? Oh, well, well I, if we're going to talk about that, I think it's more of just to show the general like trying to be pleasant type atmosphere of the South, right? And I don't even think of Texas as the deep south to me texas has always I been do, texas. like I, I don't yeah i don't put it in in line with oklahoma and kansas like ew oh sorry for anybody <laughs> who lives there um i live in guys, florida guys, so guys, don't talk, feel, you know <laughs> guys this podcast is, be, is beach city state folks two Cal- three californians and a florida girl like you're not <laughs> we're too coastal to go post yeah yeah oh my god but Anyway, so I, I don't know. I think that it, by showing that, like, because you always have these, and I always chalk it up, and this is so terrible. You know that the very first episode, I think it's the first episode of King of the Hill, where Bobby's trying to hit down the, the pinata, <laughs> and, like, he can't hit it. So Dale comes over with the cigarette still lit in his mouth, and he takes out a pocket knife, and he's cutting it open. <laughs> like, that's yeah. Texas, right? Am I am I crazy? Like that's what I always thought of Texas. I always I know, took I'm this terrible. as being very sardonic against men. Like, oh, you boys! Like it, it's it, with men mm-hmm. with their tools and their weapons, and this is a weird amalgamation of the two, right? This reminds me of the small dick guy who gets a sword from the mall, and the guy who has an AR-15 yeah, combined. It, plus, it's it's there's very the movie's really on the nose about slasher weapons being phallic. It's super on the nose about that. Yeah, like dude. that whole scene where they're getting boners over the chainsawing of the logs, and then Leatherface with that sexual frustration taking the chainsaw and just doing the humping motion. It's like, yeah, it's letting you know. Yeah, it's always been a symbol of phallus, you know. Yeah, and also it goes to queer culture because the only person who gets that chainsaw is another mm. dude. There we go in the first oh. one. 
Oh, also, can we talk about like my favorite line of the movie? Sorry, speaking of dudes getting chainsawed because only one gets it in the first and then in this one, it's a smorgasbord. But when Lefty does the, uh, uh, oh yeah, the guy went so crazy. He cut himself in the face of the chainsaw going 90 miles an hour down the freeway. That's just, I know I misquoted it, God damn it, but it's still good. <laughs> yeah, that's cute. It's just a cute, fun movie. And I like, the fact is, is that not enough people feel... I don't know why I always say this, but like, you know, this probably is the last one, except for the remake, because I think there's a part of the remake where you feel sorry for Leatherface. Not sorry for him, but you feel bad. Like when he cuts himself and he starts screaming, I'm like, oh, in a generic (laughs) sense, though. I mean, in the first one and even this one, we talked about it like there's the implication of a longstanding history of abuse and internal mm-hmm. conflict and internal tor- turmoil, whether it be because of gender identity or his, his station in the family. There's a lot that you can presume there, right? Versus mm-hmm. the, you know, the remake, it's just kind of like, oh, big doofus get boo-boo. It kind of reminds well, me like I- Rob Zombies to an extent. It's like, okay, if I'm watching all this turmoil, it's all external. Like, I don't really give a shit about the internal elements and machinations of what he's going through versus Leatherface. I'm always kind of wondering and wanting more. Yeah. And I think with the remake, though, I think it's kind of implied that he was he grew up abused, be not watching the prequel because prequels fucking sucks. But it's implied that he's being abused because of the little boy. Isn't he one of the Culkins or whatever? That little boy in the movie. Sure. One of the Culkins was just on some uh, some TV show, some he Saturday was on Live. Saturday Night Live. Yeah, he was so cute. And is that the one that's on the, the the HBO show where it's all about the he, money? Succession. Yeah. My wife watches and then that. He, he did a thing where he's like, "Oh yeah, thirty years ago, I was nine years old on the stage, and I just sat there blinking because I'm like, oh my god, like all the Culkin brothers are almost forty. It's crazy, and I'm fucking old." I rewatched the. Uh, <laughs> was it to two French filmmakers? I rewatched that movie uh, two years ago there for, uh, for August. And that's the worst to me. I'm sorry. That is the fucking worst Texas Chancel massacre sequel. In my opinion, like next generation ain't got shit on another oh. face. Sorry. I thought you were talking about something. The Culkins <laughs> didn't. I'm Culkins. like, I have fucking, I I have no, I'm sorry. No, I got you. I got which, <laughs> which one? Me, I'm was sorry. The, which one was uh, the worst? face prequel from like 2017. Oh, it's on Tubi right now. I still haven't watched it. Too mean spirited for its own good. (laughs) Way too mean spirited. And and that's what it. That's why you got the right energy for the show. um, We talk about that quite a bit. We like the fun horror. I'm not gonna. And granted, mean spirited bullshit. Sometimes a mean spirited slasher works Mm -hmm. for me, but when it it has to leave a good taste in your mouth, mean spirited versus a mean spirited that that leaves a bad taste in your mouth, like what Leatherface did. Yeah, I mean, even like movies like Martyrs and things of that nature. Those movies are just it's too much, and you know, I don't mind watching it, but. They leave you in a downer mood. Like, okay, for an example, two slasher movies that are three slasher movies that are mean spirited, but they don't leave me in a downer mood. The Hills Run Red, fucking terrific slasher movie from 2009. Check that one I out. I haven't seen it. High Tension. High Tension's beautiful. Uh, high, high Tension is good. High, tension, yeah. high Tension's mean spirited as fuck, but it doesn't leave you in a downer mood. And it's and, gross. It's sexually it's, yeah. gross, but it doesn't make mm-hmm. you feel like rapey. Yeah, exactly. And then third, uh, Halloween Kills. I felt. Halloween Kills was mean-spirited enough to the point I liked it, and it didn't leave a a bad taste in my mouth. So, again, good mean-spirited and then bad mean-spirited. That's my thought process on that. And, sorry, Leatherface was just too bad mean-spirited. Well, I think with when you talk about 
sorry, mean spirited films. I feel like that energy carries throughout the film. Oh my With God. Halloween kills. How the what? fuck come nobody told me Stephen Dorff is in Leatherface 2017? I actually might I see this yeah. now. That was, that was the reason I put it on the list. The blue cigarettes guy? Fuck out of here. <laughs> Cranky little bitch from Blade? Yeah. Yes. I love Stephen Dorff. You're so mean. Deacon Frost. Okay. Oh my God. I rewatched Blade a couple <laughs> years ago. And as a kid, I was like, oh, Deacon Frost is such a bad guy vampire. I watched that movie as an adult and I'm like, this guy, oh God, this guy's so fucking annoying. This petulant I child to, just whining. I used to have a crush it's, on him. It's, it's pretty much a 13 year old. It's a 13 year old. Yeah, boy. exactly. But like Ugh. a 13 year old who actually pulls it off. You know what I mean? Like he's like the brat in the back of the class who like somehow actually gets his teacher arrested or something. You're like, wait, yeah. what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Except in this scenario, he's burning his teacher bill. alive. Yeah, I just, I can't. Oh, yeah, poor Udo Kier in that movie. So any other like key talking points or do we want to kind of just talk about like the, the overall arc of the film? And Before, oh, I know, I know Can we talk about the Canon set that we were talking about oh, the unnecessary set, opulence that that set design. Plus when she's running through that hall and there's all those skeletons and like campy peewee's playhouse style poses. It was right. Both, it's both fun, but also ghoulish as fuck too. Yeah, it's like a haunted house. Like you're going through a maze or something. Why isn't there a Halloween uh, Horror Nights maze of this movie? Oh, that would be really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think they have to get their rights, and that's the issue because they did a Chainsaw Massacre house this year. They always, they always fine. redo the first movie every single time. It's not even the first movie. I think sometimes they only have like like access to the character, and so they can't do anything else from the mm, film. Okay. For example, when they do stuff with Freddy, like you never see like it's usually before you go in the houses, they used to play clips of films. I used to play. That's how I found Dead Alive. When I was like 17, I was waiting in line at uh, Haunted House and Halloween Horror Nights and Islands of Adventure. And they were playing like clips, all the nasty clips from Dead Alive, like when they're cranking the body through the thing. And so but I guess Freddy Krueger was like the thing that year, but they couldn't show any Nightmare on Elm Street shit. Okay. They could only use his, his, him. So I, I don't know if that has some, I'm sure that has some, I don't look these things up. I'm just speculating here. I should probably look it up. Well, that's another thing is that the characters actually have names in this. And so it kind of goes to the whole like man without a name archetypal character situation. Like the cook is still the cook, but now he's Drayden Sawyer. He's more realized. And also that distinguishes in terms of licensing. Because it's a different mm-hmm. ownership, albeit you know portrayed by the same actor. There's a different licensable entity, and I think that's a huge element of it as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the the set is great. It's I like that it's different. I like that it's not in the house again because I feel like we can always come back to the house after always this. Go, every single one yep. involves the farmhouse in some way. So why you know why is it that it's only here? Oh, well, they blew it up. That's right. So they have to go. Home. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. So in terms of kind of the one-to-one comparison with the actors and, and the characters from the first one, I mean, Chop Top is really the only major detour. Did it when, the, and this might just be me being A, an idiot, and then B, seeing this too young. I thought this was the hitchhiker for like the first probably five times I saw the film because the hitchhiker gets his head bashed open by a fucking truck. And so I was like, oh, it's he fixed his head. And I always kind of took the nom flashback as almost being like a quip. And now that I'm older, I'm like, oh, this is clearly just a different person. Yeah. Yeah. But isn't the hitchhiker the dead body that they carry around? Yeah, that's the dead body. It's the dead body. Yes. But but I just took that to be a dead body because there's a. (laughs) 
a, a corpious amount of dead bodies. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, Adrian, uh, corpious. Not as in habeas, habeas's corpus. My jokes are funnier when I explain them. I know. Guys, there's one more thing <laughs> I would terrible. like to say. Well, two more things I'd like to say. Did you guys know? Say a thousand more things. Yes, the power. Anyway, um, did you guys Another know? Another canon entity, Masters of the Universe, which yes. arguably is a slasher as he uses the sort of power. So if you want to see us do that movie, I have lots of opinions. I love it very much. Me and Go Doug ahead. would get stoned to it. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. We also have a shirt on slashpod.redbubble.com. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Coming in with the subterfuge. No. But guys, I was going to say, did you guys know that Toby Hooper's son in 1999 filmed a sequel? Uh, I was going to go here. Jake, yeah. I'm going to go here. Uh, it sorry, hurts guys. my brain. This is going to hurt your soul, folks. William Hooper, Toby Hooper's son in 1999, directed a sequel slash prequel film, hour-long film, to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 with Bill Mosley coming back as Chop Top, telling his story in prison. And apparently, I shit you not, Buckethead played Leatherface in it. Mm-hmm. The trailers, no. yeah, the trailers for this, are, <laughs> there's several different trailers, one in really bad 2001 QuickTime MOV quality. There's trailers for this on YouTube, and yep. it looks like the lost film we're never going to see, and it looks wild. And if you look closely during one of the trailers, you see a really nasty death scene of a girl getting, like, chainsawed in a parking lot, and it's like, fuck, but you got to look really close. Who knows if we're ever going to see it? That thing was filmed in two. Oh, that thing was filmed in 1999. William Hooper tried to get a Kickstarter going to finish it in post production in 2013. He didn't make it. Yeah, you um, only have yourselves well, to blame, can, horror fans. Yeah, like everyone should just get back on. That's ridiculous. Like, why would you? And then you have Bill Mosley for As that too. Up. Like, why wouldn't you As do that for him up. alone? It's also very interesting. He, You'd feel like Bill Mosley might have enough money nowadays to be able to get it done, especially if it's his favorite mm, character and his nom de yeah. plume. Oh, I forgot. I've been teasing this, and I never even said the title. The title of this is called All So oh, Good, All American Massacre, which is almost Ooh. more Texas. It's more right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All American Massacre, the um, lost Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. Look it up, guys. Yeah, it's very and that's frustrating. Interesting. Because he's in that shitty th- what is what is that one called the three D Why can't I think Texas of it? Texas Chainsaw three D, the they one with kept- Alexandria Daddario. That's the only good part of that movie. That's the only yeah, good part. The one where they like they they zoom in on every girl's ass on the movie. Like what what was the point? One because I was I was on a date with some guy and he even said it like the, after the fifth time. He's like, why do they keep zooming in on every he girl's ass? He was just like, trying to sound cultured and see your ass. I will tell you plainly. That's probably true, but that's not the point. The fact is, is that what the fuck? And then number two, Bill Mosley is in the beginning of that and he plays a different character. Mm-hmm. Did, did you notice that? He's in the beginning of that movie. And I'm like, oh, Bill Mosley. And I'm like, there's something not right here. Is this before well, he's Stretch comes back before- in uh, in the third one. I mean, they've done that's that a reporter, couple times. Yeah. They have these. Yeah. They, yeah, somebody different, but him. You they can, have these you weird can. Easter egg Sorry. meta cameo things between all the films. Also, guys, everybody complains about the timeline of the Halloween movies. Look at the fucking timeline of the Texas Chainsaw films. Okay, we're going okay. there. We're going there. Hey, don't do that because at least each one is its own thing, yeah. and you just take it as such. Versus like the Halloween one, it's like eh, they're all related and they're not. And there's some thorns and then there's not. And then there's a the guy. Hollow- who's- I'll give you that. The Halloween.
Halloween movies, you literally have to do like a connect the dots shit. Whereas the Texas Chainsaw, <laughs> the Texas Chainsaw movies, you can watch the first film and then all the sequels after that are just, what do you want to continue from the first film? Yeah, I think that's definitely fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's nice. And and honestly, I, I do enjoy watching all of them. I've watched the third one a couple of times just because it's on and I'll put it on in the background. My least favorite, but I probably watch that it. Well, hell, it sounds scary. like Leatherface is gonna be your least favorite. Oh yeah, probably. I probably like because I like to just leave things on while I'm doing cleaning the house, you know. And so Chainsaw Massacre is always fun because you hear a lot of things going on, yeah. right? You don't even have to watch it, but you hear everybody screaming, and then the chainsaw comes on, and you just run back in from Dusty, like, "Oh, what's going on now?" Whereas you know, some movies you can't just leave on, like maybe not Leatherface. I don't know. I'll have to watch it. It's on Tubi. Everything else is on fucking Tubi except for part two. So because I think that this one is meretriciously the best of the sequels yes. when it comes down to it. Absolutely. I guess in terms of also my flavor and kind of the flavor that we've cultivated with slashers. I mean, if you look at our repertoire, a lot of people have been openly critical. like, Oh, you guys don't do slashers, which for the longest time was just an overt joke. You know, we, we took over a year before we did our first slasher film, which I always thought was a very de- apparently deliberate thing that a lot of people didn't get. Um, not to say that people are stupid. It's just we have always kind of been so passionate about like the kind of satirical, comedic, fun movies. There's a fun Um, nature to the show. And I think that's like this is a great movie for that because it's fun. Like even when we're talking about a guy who's like tragic backstory, even we're talking about all these things and you feel good when people get murdered or maimed. Mm. Especially those kids in the beginning. Let's oh, talk about those, those annoying those kids. Those yuppie brats. They deserve those yuppie it. fucking brats. You know, that's what something I like about the sequel too is the original is all about killing hippies. This one is all about killing yuppies. Exactly. Right? Which I really wish that the deleted scene was still in it when they were like going and getting more meat. Yes. Because I think that that could have really had a great impact on showing how broad the spectrum is now and like how the focus is shifting. Yeah, it's that del- there's a wild deleted scene where Leatherface and them kill a bunch of like rowdy frat boys in a parking lot in Dallas and it's mm-hmm. it's like it's Leatherface in an almost Texas urban setting which was really cool. I know and that's a shame that we don't have it and I, I mean I get it. I was reading why they did it, the pacing and whatnot, but at the same time, like, I think it's nice that they do have, you can have access to it if you get the DVDs. If you have the DVD, I'm sure you have the deleted scene. And I could probably look it up on YouTube, YouTube. let's be honest. It's there. Yeah. So, I don't know how good it's the quality print. is. It's work print I hate, quality, I just, sadly. Yeah. So. I just don't like to, like, watch things on YouTube if I don't have well, to. Well, I mean, look at the culture sense. of YouTube right now. I hate YouTube. Yeah. The only great thing I like seeing on YouTube now is Meat Canyon cartoons. That's it. When I see a Meat Canyon cartoon, <laughs> man, I'm like sold. Boy. There we go. Which is the the muck avocado man exploding, right? Yeah, yeah. Just um, yeah. Does he only do the the muck men, or does he do other? No, stuff no, no. Meat he, Canyon? he Meat Canyon does these really purposely uncomfortable, unsettling, almost. Robert Crumb, Todd McFarlane style parody cartoons. He did one on Shane right on. Dawson and Jeffrey and uh, Jeffrey Star. That's fucking hilarious. Uh, he did Ooh. one. He did one on Dragon Ball. He did one on SpongeBob. He tries to do his own things. He's part of the Cream Crew podcast. I'm. Uh, I was not expecting to be plugging a YouTuber on the show, but whatever, you know. Hey, go for uh, it. You know, if it's good content, it's good content. It is. It Fuck, is. I'll, I'll plug yeah. something. I'm reading something called Black Clover right now, which is a manga about a kid who can't do magic when everybody else can. And he's really angry about it. And my cousin-in-law was like, hey, 
don't watch the anime, the kid yells the whole time and is super annoying. And I was like, well, I myself yell all the time and I'm super annoying. So this is pretty on brand for me. <laughs> there you go. Adrian, you plug something stupid. Oh, there's nothing to plug. Oh, but what I can plug is my book, which I don't have what it. What the fuck? No, don't. Not literacy. Plug up a thing oh, that you didn't intend to plug. A thing on YouTube. Oh, but I love cooking with Shireen. And I, oh my God, I tagged her in something because I made my homemade roasted pureed pumpkin. Like she said, I tagged her in it and she messaged me back and she said, what did she say? She said, oh, that's great girl. Or some, she said something so sweet. Oh, she's like, that's, that's awesome, my girl. And then she shared my story on her page. And I'm like. Plugging Slashers podcast. <laughs> nice. I know. I know. But I love her. If you don't follow her cooking with Shereen, she's on everything. If you don't follow her, you're like, you're, you're done. I mean, I know you're vegan, Jake, so you don't have to follow her. But she's really pretty. And she like does all these amazing cooking videos. And I like literally sit there and watch her for well, hours. Speaking like, of she's pretty so vegan cooks, uh, Chef Chloe is the daughter of Don Cacciarelli, the guy who directed Phantasm. Nice. So, um, this lady Ooh. looks like a normal person. I'm, <laughs> I'm Googling her for the first time. And if I saw her at a farmer's market, I would be like, that is every Californian middle-aged woman I see. So I'm glad she has a personality to expand beyond that. Who? You're, you're Chloe? No, you're cooking with Sheeran. <gasps> She's not from California. But I'm she saying she looks, if there. you told me she was, I wouldn't know. She's argue. like Greek. Like, come I'm on. I'm looking at still Greek images of a blonde haired lady with Greek kind of a, and Italian. Like, a, like a flat affectation on her face, kind of a lazy eye on the right. Maybe she's my biological mom because I have that. Oh, my God. You are just so. God, what do you say about me when I leave the screen? Jesus. I have like she a weird a, eye. Have you ever noticed that? Uh, like this eye, eye don't work very good. No, I never, I don't look at you to be like, oh, where's Jake's lazy eye? Oh my God. Well, it's not my fucking fault. You're not scrutinous. No, and this is what I'm saying is that Leatherface is, you know, like not is misunderstood. Are you likening yourself? How he looks. And or me. no, I'm not, I'm likening the fact that Who? people like, Leatherface has to wear other faces to feel like he's accepted. Well, if I wore another face, I'd still have my fucked up eye underneath it. So how about that, Adrian? <laughs> Ableist Adrian. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> oh I finally God, got you I back. You. <laughs> <laughs> I will quote my favorite law school professor. I'm not even until I'm ahead. Boom. Uh, I know. Guys, I just wanted to say, um, I hope. Doug can contribute to this episode in some way because this movie means a lot to him and this movie meant a lot to our friendship because I remember right before he moved to Ohio for a few years, the last thing we did was sat down and watched uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. So I think um, uh, in terms of Slasher's lore, we can all agree this is a classic film mm-hmm. and everybody should see it if they haven't, right? Slasher's podcast approved. Mm-hmm. And I honestly like it's I will completely admit it is not the best movie. But when you take it with the caveat, the time capsule handicap, dude, amazing. It was provocative in a way that wasn't contemporary. It was like to the point of being antagonistic. And, you know, it was almost confrontationally with the audience. Like, oh, you want this? But I Papa knows better, says Mr. Hooper. it's, It's that subversive sequel you're not expecting. So, Adrian, any closing remarks? Hi. Well, I just want all of you to 
Follow us on Instagram at SlashersPod. Don't forget our Patreon at patreon.com slash SlashersPod. Don't forget our Redbubble because we do have our Masters of the Universe play on a t-shirt that Dan wore at Halloween Horror Nights. And I keep showing the picture because it looks really good on everybody. Yay. Um, And that's at SlashersPod.Redbubble.com. If you've ever read my book or if you're reading my book, the last name of the main character is Sawyer on purpose because I am paying homage to the Sawyer family. So, yay. Now you want to read it. Go get it. It's on Amazon. And remember, if you buy the book, you get every (laughs) Patreon bonus episode we've ever done for free. So it has exactly obstreperous value. It has so much value because who wants to like not hear us for like hours at a time? And there's a character from My Hero Academia who throws a book and then freezes it in space and uses it to jump between buildings. So you can learn to do that with Adrian's book. Yes. Or just just throw it into space if you hate it. It's fine. Makes a good doorstop and Christmas is coming up. So don't forget our red bubble. And I'm sure not that I would know, but I'm, I'm, I'm hypothesizing that you could probably use it as rolling papers and it'll make you smarter because you're smoking <laughs> words. Exactly. You could definitely do I read it that. that. I read that pre- online. It's a pretty cheap rolling paper book. So there you go. <laughs> Guys, I had a cut, just two plugs myself. Um, Horrible Imaginings Film Festival is already accepting early bird uh, entries and submissions for the film festival for next year. That is a big film festival we host in Santa Ana at the Frida Cinema uh, every, August, every yeah, August. So if for any filmmakers out there, check that out on filmfreeway.com. And also... We spent the episode talking about Texas. I have a friend in Texas named Chelsea Robinson. She made a terrific Halloween night Texas suburbia killer doll short film called Smile. We premiered it. Yeah, it's Texas suburbia colored lighting killer creepy doll. It's really fun. She made and it's almost like a student film that just works. We've premiered that at Horrible Imaginings in 2017 to a standing ovation. And I believe her film, the short film, is available to watch on Amazon Prime. Uh, just double check on that, guys. But it's a fun little Texas horror short film for my friend Chelsea. Awesome. Uh, speaking of Texas horror short films, Bill Mosley got his role in Texas Chainsaw 2 because of the Texas Chainsaw uh-huh. Manicure. So with that bit of trivia, my name is Jake saying goodbye and good goodbye. <laughs>